Welcome to FOH. It's Kelly and Lillian, your two best pals. <laughs> a new approach. I like Did you it. like it? It's uh, yeah. We we consulted with a media team, and they were like, "You guys gotta ditch the last names. Mm-hmm. Go Kelly and Lillian only. Beyonce style. Beyonce style. Get a backwards hat and kind of like a big t-shirt, and be like, we're in a club together. Do you remember there was one intro? that we deleted where I was like, Lillian's a theater kid. <laughs> Do you remember this? No, not really. I like introed you and I was like, so one theater kid, it's Lillian Devane. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that is my past. Thank Did you. you watch rent live? No, I didn't. I it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, rent, it's like interesting to watch rent as an adult because you're like, Oh, this is not good. Really? Yeah. Uh, I only had, unfortunately, I mean, I had, when I, I mean, if we must reference my childhood, I was in theater camp many summers and we did perform, uh, 525,600 minutes. Uh, and I had a crush. I had a crush on every single drama teacher in all of the camps, whatever year it was. And they were always like a 40 year old alcoholic man who's just like, guess I got to teach these kids the music, man, you know. Uh, but that's the only connection I have to rent specifically. So that's my journey through rent. Um, but you've seen it, right? No. Oh, OK. Yeah. Pause. Pause. No. This. <laughs> we got and it. We're back. I've seen rent and it <laughs> is uh, fucking crazy. I had no it's idea. It's really moving. I didn't know AIDS was bad. <laughs> I thought it was. No. Uh, that's not it's true. it's uh, having said it's bad like it's really moving okay i am down with things that you know tug the old heartstrings that aren't quote-unquote good okay i am sleeping over tonight and we are Yay! watching right oh my god i'm trying to convince kelly to stay over tonight We're, we have our staff party tonight we're a little pre-gamey right now uh at super bowl sunday the mm-hmm. day we're recording i made biscuits kelly made biscuits and a delicious salad mm-hmm. i made an artichoke dip we cut up some uh cauliflower pizza i'm not proud of it but it <laughs> happened watching my fig um anyways we've had a couple glasses of wine yeah we're we here thought, hey let's go ahead and record an episode cut loose we never do this we're all hopped up on coffee daytime usually I did drink a ton of coffee today. I didn't. I'm on, guys, I'm sick. I'm on day quill and a couple glasses of sparkling. So classic mm. speedball. Like Jackie O. Yeah, I'm Jackie O. I had a baked potato with caviar. Yeah. And day quill. Do you have any stories from the week? This I, past? Yes, I do. I had just one kind of, um, I worked a lot this past week and I worked a, a very busy Saturday shift and, uh, the pace is just so extreme when it's just a bar and you make blood money. It's just so much work. Yeah. Um, and I had a group, I just, this is sort of like a good, um, sort of how to diffuse an annoying situation from a patron standpoint. So I was really busy and I look over and there's like a group of like five women which unfortunately to me is like, God damn it. This is going to be, I don't know. A lot of skinny margs. That it's funny you say that. Cause that's exactly what fucking happened. So this woman says, um, Hey, uh, she's like super, whatever. She's fine. She's like, Hey, can we just have like five margaritas with salt? And I was like, totally fine. Easy, whatever. So I make it, uh, I bring them over and, and then one of them is like, 
ah, what tequila did you use in this? And I was like, you know, it's called Rancho. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it. It's our well tequila. Like, yeah, you know, it's tequila. And uh, her friend's like, oh, I, I wish, you know, she was like kind of stressy about it. And I was about to be like really fucking annoying because I'm like, First of all, your friend ordered all these drinks. You were right there. Also, if you just at a bar, if you just say a drink, they will give you the rail yeah. thing unless you name call. Right. Uh, like no one's going to prompt you right. to buy a more expensive. At, especially at like a bar bar. Like yeah. a fancy place, they might try to be like, oh, and what sort of, bur- do you have a preference for bourbon? Yeah. But uh, if you're ordering five margaritas at a time, I'm going to say On a great. Saturday? Yeah, it's like. Come on. Anyway, so I was like, and I had this look on my face and one of her friends, the friend who ordered it actually, she gave me this like look where she was like, uh, like she rolled her eyes for her friend and at me and kind of gave a little like shrug and was like, sorry. And that for me just showed that somebody was on my side. And I think it's like a really good, because when you go out with a group of people, you can't control everybody. But if you do have someone in your group who's like a fucking idiot or is annoying, you as a patron can kind of take control and not have the bartender be pissed at you. If you are like, I know my friend's really annoying. Here's a, you know, here's a good tip. Thank you so much. You know what I mean? Like there's a way for that situation to not be so annoying. Yeah. I think it's also that like balance of being like, I know my friend's annoying. I'm mitigating the circumstances, but can you still accommodate them without being like, Oh yeah, he's a fucking dick. You yeah, know, like- right, right, right. Yeah, you don't have to call attention to it, and that's what was cool is because it was like a secret little yeah. wink to me where I was like, okay, this lady's chill. Yeah, she knows the deal. It's I'm not, you know. I also find in my experience when someone calls attention to it, they don't follow up with an apology. They're just literally pointed. That's out. really annoying. This woman was cool because yeah, she did, of course. But yeah, that is annoying when you're like, God, sorry, I'm being such an asshole. And it's like, what are you going to do about it? Anything? No? Great. You are still an asshole, even though you called yourself out. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't help. No. Um, and then her friend was actually just kind of a neurotic person who was like, I just want like a, can I just have like a skinny girl margarita? And I was like, okay. And then I kind of got my shit together because I was like really annoyed. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, just for future reference, what you can order is um, if you do want this, just order a tequila gimlet because it's this, this, and this. It's super simple. It's not as much, you know, it's like, this is what it is, and this is probably what you want. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. And it ended up being totally fine. But I probably would have been a little more pissed off if her friend hadn't been like, hey, I get it, you know? Totally. Anyways, it's an inspirational tale for gals on the go on Saturday night. Order those tequila gimlets. Yeah, it's delish. Yeah. I mean, when I was drinking and not eating, I would slam a couple Mezcal gimlets a night and fucking go off. Go off queen. <laughs> oh, beautiful. What about you? Did you have any uh, tales of terror? I have one very dark tale, which is uh, the restaurant that I work at has like, it's almost like a private dining room. They just have like an Airstream trailer behind the restaurant. And it's like... It can accommodate like up to like 15, 16, but it's like people rent it out for private parties, just like anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. Yeah. So this was a birthday, 12 people. (laughs) So the Airstream has electricity 
obviously, but also like a wood burning oven to like kind of make it homey and cozy, whatever. And so we plugged in a space heater and then literally they arrived at seven o'clock at probably seven 15, the space heater blew the circuit breaker out so bad that it wasn't a matter of like flipping the circuit. It had melted the fucking like, like thing flipper thing. And so they had, but no hardware stores are open at like seven thirty at night because hardware stores close at six o'clock for some reason. Hardware stores, you're part of the problem. So they couldn't replace the breaker itself. You know what I'm talking about, like the yeah. flip part. Yeah. So literally, this twelve top, fifteen minutes into dinner, all candles to light it, wood burning stove to heat it. And then thankfully the kitchen has like an iPod speaker that's like a Bluetooth speaker that they have so they can listen to music because otherwise it would have been no music. Oh my God. And it was just so, and they were like really nice about it, but I was bartending this event and I was like, let's get some drinks going. I was like, you guys aren't going to feel this in a couple minutes. We'll get some drinks going. Like just trying to be like amiable. And then 12 top, they literally had four cocktails and three bottles of wine. Oh. The whole dinner. Oh. Like nobody was drinking. That's terrible. And I was like, let's get a fuck. And I was saying too, I was like, we can do toddies. Like I was like, I'll do like so whatever. Nice of you. Yeah. And they were just not going for it. Fuck. And so, and then they were like making jokes about like, you know, the Jack London story to build a fire. Uh, no, but go ahead. It's about like this guy he gets too hypothermic to build a fire Uh and he ultimately dies. Okay. And they're like making jokes about it. And as they were leaving, they're like, what a fun party. Sorry to have to lose three toes to go through it. Uh, And like all of this stuff. And I was like dying, but also truly there was nothing we could do. It's like, I'm stoking this fire. Like a, like I'm in the 1920s. I was going to say like, you're like, okay, just quick question. Raise a hand, uh, show of hands. Uh, how many of you guys have read little house on the prairie? Yes. Uh, very much. So we can make some maple candy out in the snow. Uh, yeah, you're half pint for sure. Oh my God. It was so bad. And like, but they were really nice about it. And they like, they were like, I hope you guys are getting paid more for what you've had to go through, which is sweet instead of being like, you're the problem. Yeah, that's so tough, though. There's it was no good way to deal. Oh, my God. It was just so uncomfortable. And then I kept making because I was bartending and there was a server and I kept making the server go around and ask everyone if they wanted drinks because I was like, we must get them drunk. Yeah. And they just wouldn't do it. <sighs> Dang. I know. That's tricky. I know. It was rough. Um, well, it sounds like you handled it with grace Ugh, and style. Always, as always. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it was nuts. It's rich people, right? They're fine. They were fine. They probably liked roughing it for a night. Oh, they love. They've got a war story now. Someone did night. ask. They were like, "So, does do you drive the airstream, or does it hitch onto a car?" And I was like, "I see where your mind's going, honey." <laughs> I was like, get on eBay. You can buy one of these real cheap. Come on. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. You're like, you slip me enough money. I'll uh, open up the gate for you. You can grab this puppy out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we don't steal. We don't steal. We, um, great. Great. Fun. 
today. What? Should today? I intro? Do yeah, you do intro? it. You do it. Well, we're, we had this. So I read this old New Yorker article a couple weeks ago on Driscoll's. And Driscoll's is one of the myriad companies that I'm boycotting currently. And because they are bad. And yeah. so we just wanted to talk about kind of like corporations and labor and strikes in like fruit in the fruit industry and fruit biz fruit biz <laughs> as they call it <laughs> yeah down in the yeah the latest corporation that i've decided to try and cut out of my life is nestle which is basically impossible wait what what in your life do, do you use nestle nestle owns so much like, yeah but like i'm just trying to think of what well like nestle owns cereals. purina a lot of cereals a lot of bottled water is from nestle don't, i don't partake in any of that okay so no blood on my hands <laughs> everybody oh my god i've started buying meow mix which i haven't checked but i'm assuming is that owned by nestle i like meow mix because the m is like cat right right yeah that is true <laughs> <laughs> now is meow mix the one with the cat on the bag i love that <laughs> so the nestle thing has been hard for me you drink a lot of fucking milkshakes what are they i don't know milkshake? I, I i think of nestle where would i even be buying milk powdered drink stuff i don't know I, I see them i mean i know that all of those like johnson and johnson all those corporations have a thousand little baby things like yeah. i get it but like to me nestle in its origin story is dairy sweet that is its origin story <laughs> It's not so innocent anymore. Okay. Well, anyways. It's like Unilever used to just be soap, but now it's Axe body spray. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) Toxic masculinity in a can. So, Driscoll. So, the New Yorker wrote this article, and we're back. Author, New Yorker. Okay. It's (laughs) Dana Goodyear. Dana. Dana, baby. My name's Dana. Dana Goodyear. It's this article called How Driscoll's Reinvented the Strawberry, which is very interesting, and I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah. We should really have a thing where you can see the links of all the articles we That's for patrons. Right. We're doing that for patrons. Already, y'all are our favorite nerds, so... Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. So... It's just talking about how Driscoll's basically, so all of the strawberries basically in the U.S. come from two, the genetic material for all the strawberries in the U.S. come from two sources. One is Driscoll's. Wow. And then one is this competing universe, like university program out of UC Davis. Briscoll's. Briscoll's. Uh, which is obviously publicly funded, and then they distribute those the like gains of that program publicly. And UC Davis is also the most diverse of the UC schools. Are they the banana slugs, or is that UC Santa Cruz? I think that's Santa Cruz. Cool. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah, I think it's Santa Cruz. Those fucking stoners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so um, so those are the two like most prominent producers of. Um, like varietals of strawberries. Okay. Um, which obviously most people don't know, but like these are the guys that are making all of the fruit that you eat basically, which is so interesting that it's like this competition between this like fucking, um, corporation and this publicly funded program. Yeah. And so much of too, what the article was about was like, all of this stuff is considered like proprietary, like it's intellectual property. And it's basically as controlled as like, 
other technologies. That's like it's nuts. controlled as like Silicon Valley of like what's intellectual property. And they have the same types of intellectual property suits that are going on between like Google and Uber going on between like the university and people who like leave that program. Damn. Who do you think, what do you think the guy who guards the Driscoll secrets looks like? Is he wearing a bow tie? What do we think? Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking very Paul F. Tompkins, like oh, mustache, yeah. bow tie, you know? Yeah, maybe suspenders. Suspend, maybe a little bit of a paunch, uh-huh. but still, he's not a fat man. I think he can turn on a dime from oh, sort of yeah. a, a genial Driscoll man to sort of a I will, you know. Yeah, you he know. goes from Willy Wonka. He's uh, a Willy Wonka He's Willy type. Wonka. Willy Wonka We got a type. Willy Wonka type. You're we right. We got a Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, we got a Willy. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, yeah, just thinking about like, and so it was just this very interesting kind of understanding of, um, like what we eat literally and Driscoll's controls like a huge proportion of the market, not only in terms of the actual sales, but in terms of like expectation setting for like what's available when and how it looks it's like crazy. I mean, when you think, when you go to buy strawberries, you buy Driscoll's. There's yeah. no other strawberry. Yeah. I mean, in, for, in most, you know. Yeah. Because Driscoll's has committed to being year round. They also are international fruit sellers, not just in the Americas, but they sell to like the mid East where wow. it's too hot to grow. Interesting. You know, it's so interesting. And then, so like, but I read this after already, like I have been not buying or avoiding Driscoll's products for probably like two years now because they also have international like boycotts uh-huh. because they have all these like huge labor violations, which basically like how day laborers who pick fruit are paid is usually by the pound. Yeah. And so it's similar to servers actually, where it's like your base pay is lower because it's like you could make as, right, right. as much as, and so they say similar to servers, they're like, you could make as much as $40 an hour. Right. But like that is with the expectation that you pick a hundred pounds of strawberries while an you're hour, like fucking stupid, which is like not possible. No. Right. And, and so they, and many States have, provisions in their laws that say farm workers specifically can't unionize new york has this uh yeah well this ties in a little bit we'll get i i did some separate research but there wasn't i mean farm workers were not included in in that act that was passed the wagner act is that right i think so um that said that you have the right to organize yeah so you know, farm laborers have been left out of that since the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. And basically it's really interesting because I was reading a guy from New York who's a farmer from New York talking about his employees unionizing. And he was like, boy, every time they ask for more, those machines look more and more appealing. Like this threat of depriving people of work. And then I was reading people in Mexico. Yeah. Where obviously the labor violations are like, bigger and bigger compared to New York because it's not only a different country, but also like even Mexico is importing migrant labor the way we do in the U S like where we're like, it's undocumented people labor. So they're 
like violations against them. That happens in Mexico too. And he's literally saying the same thing. Like the guy in Mexico is literally like, well, fuck them. I can like do it without them. I was like, this is crazy to think of like these two people, such different circumstances talking about like ultimately the same issue and ultimately like issuing the same threats against the workers. Right. And part of like the fucking why those people were left out of the Wagner act is, which like gives people freedom of association is because of like McCarthyism Uh and this like anti-communism, which is like ultimately like anti-communism is always going to be not a defense of capitalism, but like literally a defense of like capital and moneyed interests. And like, I'm shrieking. I'm (laughs) I'm literally, well, I had to turn down the levels. Kelly is shrieking. It's just so fucked up. And so it's like this, I don't know, like that does feel related to me. It's like when you have like these similar ideas about like intellectual property and sort of like that being like this, like meritocracy and like what someone can do for you. And then the idea of like a day laborer who you like devalue because you think that their labor isn't intellectually based. And then like this like threat and this muscle of like taking away their power and their like contribution. I don't know, like that does feel related to me. And then, but particularly, even if that is a reach, which it may be, uh, the idea of like McCarthyism preventing people in the U S from unionizing and then like NAFTA fucking keeping yeah. like what's essentially slave labor in yep. Mexico alive. That's fucking real. Yeah. That's like not a reach at all. Like NAFTA is a bunch of bullshit guys. Honestly, bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. No, I mean, that's all very smart kelly thank you i've i've had a couple so (laughs) if you guys want to get a sense of what it's like to get cornered by kelly at a party that's what i am feeling right now no 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 it's all no what you're saying is fucking valid and impassioned and true and it's it's hard because it's like it is all connected but you need to like do such work to tease out those connections And sometimes you can like sense those connections before you're able to like articulate them. It's very hard. Sometimes you just like gain information and then you're like, all you can do is just like be like, you know, the SNL character, like girl, you wish you hadn't talked to at a party. Yeah. We've brought this up in reference to ourselves before. Great. Yeah. Great. As long (laughs) as she's in the lexicon, as long as she's there. Yeah. 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 No, I think there's plenty of guys who want to hear this, Kelly. Mm, haven't found it. <laughs> Still looking. There's an artist who does these like big maps that I really like that was in that conspiracy exhibit that you didn't go to with me. I wanted to go to it and I'm I think about it every day. Well, it's down now. No, it it's not. Down. Yeah, it did. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. No, I mean no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. It did what? come down. Yeah. It's I'm over. Horrified. I know. God damn it. Ugh. Great. Well, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Okay. So So there was a conspiracy art thing at the Breuer and Lily and I made plans to go. And then it snowed really hard the day of, and Lily was like, I'm canceling, but I didn't look at the weather. So I just went naively and it was, it was legit horrible. But I mean, the exhibit was really interesting. I'm so mad. 
That's and, like the only exhibit I ever wanted to see in my life. Well, I'm sure it's tour. I'm sure it'll be somewhere else soon. Whatever. We'll go down to DC. We can visit your dad. I'm sure it'll be down there soon. Fine. Great. Okay. I'll show you the pictures of the maps. They're really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Some Dayquil, some wine. My true child, my inner child is coming out. We're having two youngest right here. Oh, yeah. You're you're doing a good job of consoling me. Thank you. I'm yeah. not the best at it simply because I am the youngest. No, I'm always I think like, you are good at it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I think you're great. very comforting. Oh, thank you. I think I'm not. Yeah, you're very. I think really? you're very comforting because you know what? The part of why you're comforting is because it's never. It never feels disingenuous <laughs> because I know you're not just like <laughs> talking out of your ass. No, if I'm comforting you, shit's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, Driscoll's. Uh, well, it's spring's coming up, so don't buy it for your freaking picnic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just like we're lucky in New York. There are a million farmers markets, like literally yeah. everywhere. But there are farmers markets everywhere, and and also in your grocery stores, like you know, not to be fucking Pod Save America here, but you can vote with your wallet and literally go to your grocery store. Don't buy Driscoll's and buy the other brand. Sometimes I go to my grocery store and there's like a much worse brand of strawberries and I'll just buy it. Do you think, so I'm a recent Trader Joe's convert, mm. which is a kind of a big deal for me because <laughs> I for so long scorned Trader Joe's for various reasons. I mean, they're not great if you're, if you're like an actual home cook, they right? Don't, they don't have a ton of that kind of stuff. Um, and I very, I just had great relationships with my whole foods back in Boston. And then the Amazon thing happened and I couldn't do it anymore. Had a great experience at Trader Joe's. Uh, but I know that they get their produce and they get a lot of uh, all of their other brands. I don't know how the fuck it works, but it's all like the same shit, but just their name on it. Yeah. I wonder how that works for produce. I wonder. Because I bet you Driscoll's isn't willing to like. No. I you know what I mean? So, I mean, part of like that New Yorker article is they're so heavily invested in their branding. Right. So I'm like, that makes me say. You're in the clear, babe. Whew. I already, it was a really emotional transition for I me. I know. But you got the dried mango that we know and love. Beef jerky, dried mango, everything bagel seasoning. The everything bagel seasoning Lillian did go absolutely bonkers I for. am such a dumbass. I talk about it all of the time. It was like for, <laughs> I think like three weeks, every time I came <laughs> over, you would like make a little something and you'd be like, little everything bagel seasoning on that. <laughs> Do you taste it? I know it's so fucking mom of me, but I love it. No, my mom loves Trader. My literal mom loves Trader Joe's. See? And you know what? Here's this is not for nothing, but the cashiers so nice. They're all so nice. I'm not fucking jo- when you live in New York City and everyone is such a fucking dick. I go to Trader Joe's and I'm not kidding you. Every single time they're like, "Hey, how are you?" And I'm like, "Excuse me." And also, we- not to go dark, but remember when there was that shooting in the L.A. Trader Joe's and people were at my whole TL was, oh, yeah, people were really moved by it. And fucking what's his name? Jeffrey Owens is that his name? 
I don't know who you're talking the about. The actor from the Cosby show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, oh, that, that was more that powerful to you than it was hit me real yeah. hard. I really hope I'm getting his name right. I think it is Jeffrey Owens. I fucking lost my goddamn mind at that story. Yes. I, I cannot deal. It's because I have fears of becoming, I mean, I'm not on the Cosby show, but I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, spoiler alert, not on the Cosby show. But yeah. it just was the whole fucking scenario broke my goddamn heart. I know. I think there were like a couple times where I was like, I was like, what's <laughs> up with you? And you're like, simply crying. <laughs> I couldn't. Just he got him. a fucking. He got a like a huge applause break at uh. What was the last the not SAG? the Emmys the SAG? Oh my god, that fucking. Man. I know everyone was touched. <sighs> I can't. Anyways, shop at Trader Joe's. I'm gonna say that without fully thinking that that may not be the right I thing think to say. I, I I think it's okay to say. I don't know if it's like the best. But no, I think it's okay I'm to sure say. it's not the best. I actually do have a friend who was like, I worked at Trader Joe's and I have to drink wine every morning to go to that job. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably not great. That might be personal though. Well, you never know. Uh, anyway, go to the farmers market. Yeah, so no, absolutely. Like, That's farm. what I say. I supplement my Trader Joe's stuff with farmers market stuff, and I right. am lucky enough to be able to do that. But it it is like a full. I think those two things combined can get you. They can really take you far. Yeah, in a little Seven Eleven for your Diet Coke, you got a full a food 7-11. pyramid. I don't know if you wanna if you wanna like a fountain soda. I are there. I yeah okay yeah I was gonna say are they in New York but then now I'm like yeah they are definitely down the street baby I'll take you there oh, <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> my gosh I'll take you there oh my god all right um let's pivot pivot to so then so we're talking about all these labor issues and we're saying what would a strike look like what does it look like when there's collective action on a broad base Lillian? yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Um, what that? I'm here in 1965 in California, <laughs> um, in Delano, California. Um, so most of us, I feel like, have heard the name Cesar Chavez. I think so. Yeah. I, I only bring this up first before I started in this because of my own personal connection, which is my mother constantly talks about Cesar Chavez. She has a huge framed poster of him in her house. You'd think we were migrant workers, but we're not. Um, she loves fucking Cesar Chavez. My grandmother, uh, raised all of her children in the projects. There was like seven of them. My mother grew up in the projects in Florida and my mother always vividly recounts, uh, the time in the sixties when my grandmother was like, we're not buying grapes. And was like, yeah, we're not eating grapes. And my mom was like, why? And she's like, well, you know, and explained it how you would to a child. But my mom just so vividly remembers this entire thing, which I think is so interesting because how many of us as a kid remember up like a social five years, though, the grapes. No, totally. But it's just so interesting to me that like I think it's I just I mean, I guess I'm just giving props to my family for putting that Mm. in the household being like. This is why we're not buying this fruit. It's a teachable moment. Yeah. Not to bring it so into the domestic sphere, but that's where it really did catch fire was the fact that it was brought into households. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. And and I think that, like, especially teaching your kids, that's huge. 
Um, yeah. So anyways, that's my own personal. I'm just, I just love that. My mom also, when she does her Christmas decorating, she one time decorated it. She's like, it just looks like I have a Cesar Chavez shrine. Cause she like decorated around the picture of Cesar Chavez. It cracked me up anyways. Um, so September, 1965, um, Delano, California. Yes. Um, a group of Filipino farm workers decide to strike, walk off their jobs for uh, working for a table grape. And I saw some sources that also wine grapes, but I feel like it's mostly table grape harvesting. That was my understanding of it. Um, And a week later, Cesar Chavez and um, his group of Mexican farm workers joined in. Mm-hmm. And I think what I've read a lot too is that the Filipino community is really overlooked in this entire strike cuz they were the first, they were a pretty big part of this. They were leaders but were slightly overshadowed and forgotten a lot because the Filipino workers who were in America were only men, they were single men. Women weren't even allowed to come into the United States, which was very... A lot of them died Not single. Not until and yellow like, fever really took hold of the older white men. Yeah, and, and male order brides became a thing. I um, did read something about this union later built a retirement home for all those single men, and that actually... I'm, like, oh going to cry. God. It, like, it made me really... It's, like... <sighs> yeah. really made me so emotional. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... I mean, when you get down to it, the fucking, just even thinking about the physicality of the job and it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot, um, obviously. Um, so in, in total, this strike lasted for five years from September, 1965 to July, 1970. Um, and they sort of merged. So like the Filipino workers group and then Cesar Chavez, they merged together to form the United Farm Workers, uh, union and uh there were like ten thousand of them so it's like a pretty fucking huge amount yeah um and and then i was reading not to like there's this is also like a subject that we were both talking about when we did research you could do like a thousand click offs for each article where you're like oh my god i had no idea this was a you know or i want to know more about nafta or it's it's such a huge expansive subject obviously yeah um that it's tough for us to couple of glasses wine deep really do (laughs) justice for one might say but we are trying um but the bracero program from uh from the 40s i thought was really interesting which i didn't know a lot about where they were bringing in people from mexico to do migrant working jobs because obviously all of our boys were overseas Um, and we won't come back and it's over over there And they came back and kissed all the nurses and got back to harvesting grapes. They didn't do that at all. They didn't. We've seen Mad Men. We know what they got up to. Oh, God. I wish, you know what? We should do a full ass Patreon <gasps> on goddamn Mad Men. Oh, my God. I would love to. That, oh, my God. If y'all want to hear it for realsies. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Mm. I could go all day. Same. Um, Anyways, so, yeah, I think I read a lot. So Cesar Chavez became sort of, I mean, he was an actual hero and then kind of became this, like, folk hero, I think, for the labor movement in a way that just had never happened before. Like, this had never, literally never happened before where someone in the history of America had been, like, 
standing up and organizing for this population of people. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think it's rare specifically in labor movements, sort of like the nature of them doesn't give rise to heroes because it's like, it is horizontal leadership. And so to like have someone and he was a handsome guy. Yeah. Cesar Chavez is bae. and motherfucker i meant to remember the name of the filipino man who was also it'll uh italong you're no 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 i think and this is bad um philip cruz and folks the name of the gentleman we're referring to is larry larry Elong. he's a bad larry hey in a good way Huh? <laughs> um, and actually he, down the line, he and, uh, he and the other gentleman, Philip left and, uh, because of disputes with Cesar Chavez about Perhaps because of? Yes. So I fucking, oh my God. I, ugh, y'all know we love cults here on FOH. I really love cults and true crime. And I was reading um, some details about Cesar Chavez life and it was sad because I mean, he was a man who just genuinely did give so fucking much and did hunger strikes. He did a hunger strike for 25 days, like Bobby Kennedy. The thing is that he also had on his side, he had the, the church he had, like he had real power behind him, which I think is like so beautiful and is not, and is rare. I think. Like when's the last time, like, I I can't think of anything comparable that like, that you have people speaking out for you, like fucking Bobby Kennedy, the fucking Catholic church, like speaking out for your cause as a labor. Like that's insane. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that, I think part of what's hard about that is you need a sustained strike right. to build that sort of visibility to get those and, voices. And people lost everything. I mean, people put yeah. their entire lives on the line, you know? And, and you might say like, you know, part of it is because like, well, what did they have to lose? I mean, they had a lot to lose, but it's like, this was their fucking life. And, and, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know. It, it, it was very powerful to me to read about I mean, it. Striking and organizing is like, it's a very scary prospect and it's like, you have everything to lose. And then it's like, what do you, what do you gain? Like yeah. your best case scenario of what you gain is like, it's sometimes that math that like calculus, it's not always, yeah, we get it. We love unions, but we also get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, wait, what was I fucking talking about? Colts. Colts. So I read sort of, um, because Cesar Chavez is sort of lauded as this ultimate hero. It was interesting to see a little bit of sort of not necessarily his decline, but some of the darker aspects of what does happen when you are a lifelong activist yeah, you're going to get fucking paranoid. Yeah, you're going to be fucking, like, losing your goddamn... I can't even imagine. Like, Yeah, we've said on this podcast, like, I firmly believe that, like, the government kills Black Lives Matter activists now in this day and age. You're talking the 60s being in a Mexican-American fucking labor organizer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. coming for me. I would be like, they're in my goddamn walls. I already think about that, and I'm a comic in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
But uh, so I, I found this little tidbit that was that he engaged with this cult, uh, Sinon. I don't know if you all know this. It's a cult out in California that is fucking crazy. Uh, kind of a, kind of a classic shaved head, all white cult. Um, but the leader did this thing called uh, the game, and uh, from what from what I remember of this cult, the game is essentially, <laughs> and they would do this with children. Like you sit in a you sit in a circle, and everyone just tells you what's wrong, tells you what's wrong with you. But it's like a very intensive, like days long. Like you're a fucking liar. You're a fucking like will reduce it's meant a sort of a control thing to reduce you to make you vulnerable and then you're obviously more pliable to whatever the leader's demands are sign on did some really fucked up stuff um but they were a community so we have to remember that uh, so true in you know, these times in these times they did ultimately have a family in their own way so Beautiful. um but anyways caesar chavez uh really was interested in the game and employed that method with his organizers and kind of went down some weird slippery slopes. I would say I didn't get a ton of information about it, but it seemed that he was like, yeah, let's strip down. Like, I think he was probably just like, we need to like fucking. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you need like a hundred percent support of a union or it doesn't work. Yeah. So he's probably like, how can I get this, like this loyalty, this devotion? Like I fucking get it. I mean, brother, brother, you don't have to tell me twice. Let's play the game. What do you think Lillian and I do to keep each other in check? (laughs) Okay. I'm like, Kelly splash water Mm -hmm. in Kelly's face as she's tied to a chair. (laughs) 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 Kelly, I'm your mother now. This is mother speaking. (laughs) It's just me doing a bad Catherine Hepburn impression. Um, uh, but they're so they succeeded. And I, and I also heard I there was a quote from Chavez who said that boycotting was sort of the court of last resort, which I thought was interesting because it was almost like if organizing labor union, like all of those things, they fail. Then you go to boycotting. Then you go to the people of America and you say, Hey, we are coming into your homes. They traveled across the country, these workers. And they said, this is what we go through. This is the, these are the conditions we work under. This is the pay we get. This is, and then we produce this that goes on your table. And so people see that and that is fucking real and it worked. And, and there's nothing else before or since that that has happened with. Yeah. And I think also just the boycott is, is maneuvering from a position of privilege And so it's like, of course, the boycott is like the last resort because like you want the solution to be able to be like coming from like a groundswell and coming from like the people that need that solution. And rather than it being like sort of handed down, not that that's what happened with the California grape strike, but it can be like, okay, if we have this boycott, it's from the people who can maneuver from the top right you know what i mean yeah no absolutely it's just it's just so fascinating to me and i think it couldn't have happened at almost any other time for sure you know like uh not before or since when where people would would be able to you know without distraction tour the country essentially and say don't fucking buy these grapes hey 
Hey, I'm. Hey, don't. Hey, you. Don't buy these grapes. Don't buy these grapes. I'm reading from a transcript from their tour. Yeah, it's a, it's incredible how simply they were able to speak <laughs> to people and just appeal. Um, but um, they went on a second boycott in 1975, and that put in the agricultural agricultural labor relations act that mm. let them able to, was uh, made them able to organize. Yeah, which Reagan fucked over. Obvi, Reagan, baby, that fucking pudding brain, baby. <sighs> Remember when we tried to do Reagan's accent and we forgot? He is from California. I still can't really think of it. We should watch some Welfare Ra- Queens. <laughs> well, that's the show Glow, <laughs> <laughs> which I love so much. Um, big fan. Big Allison. Brandy. I don't love Brie. 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 Uh, Allison Brie. <laughs> don't love Allison Brie, but I do love... Uh... Mark Maron. No, I don't... I'm sorry, I'm just yelling at the it. people that I know Those are, are the two show. big stars. Uh, Victor, uh, I'm forgetting his last name. Oh, I forgot you had that... You had a kind of a relationship We had a little Twitter moment. Yeah, tete-a-tete. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we don't, you guys know about glow. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, mm, based in California though. So relevant to <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> so true. So true. So true. If you think about it. Um, oh God. Um, okay. So you've heard us ramble on long enough, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't call it rambling. I would call it exquisite points. Precise. Yes. Okay. Um, we also have to go to a party, so. Yeah, I have to get dressed. We have to get dressed. <laughs> By party, I mean everyone we already know getting absolutely hammered in a bar. So Yeah, and like half the people I wanted to talk to are too sick to come. It's just going to be you and I talking to each other in a corner. Yeah, it's like all the gossip we already know we'll just like rehash, but like in person. I have a really good piece of gossip that I feel I could end someone with. And it's like just fueling my, it's fueling my entire spirit in your chest. I feel like that. I, I think one needs to have that at all times in their life. I wish I had it at all times. God, the, I mean the spring in my step when I know I have that power is like, God damn it. Yeah. Now I get it. Harvey Weinstein. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, folks, thanks so much for listening. We love you. Hopefully this made sense. Yeah. I don't know why you see, you say that at the end of every episode and I think it doesn't bode well for us. Okay. Well, take it back. Uh, I hope it didn't. I have confidence. No, I have confidence <laughs> in both of our brains and I think we did a great job. Great. Um, thanks so much for listening. We love y'all. Love and, you guys. Uh, please review, rate, and subscribe. Tell a friend. We love you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.